All right, welcome to Dean Bodie Show. Dean Bodie Podcast coming at you. This is um, May 19th. Happy Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day out there. And um, we are over here, Dean Bodie Podcast. And we did a short video earlier today. And we dove right in and we started talking about, wow, something called Whirly Ball. Right, My first bartending job when I was 18 years old and the first gig that I had at a house party when I was super overwhelmed, uh, we'll be talking about that. Also, my class at doing a bartending school back in the day when I was in um, you know, undergraduate college and working at a, some construction and, you know, kind of wondering where I was going to go after I graduated high school and all that stuff. So, man, I just jumped right into this bartending school thing. It was a short class, learned the ABCs, and had my first job at a Red Lobster when I was 18. Wow, let me tell you, that job was awesome. Man, the staff going out there, North Lauderdale, Florida, Shout out to the Red Lobster, man. There was what a great staff, managers, everybody, hostesses, uh, the waitresses. Some of the waitresses there were there, I don't know, over 20 years. Red Lobster career people. And it was one of those places that, and now we're going back into the early 80s, but you just stuck there. You stayed there. Number one, it was very, um, you know, kind of that family vibe, uh, making decent money back in the day. And something that you just stuck with, you know, and when you get that family atmosphere, sometimes when you work at a place, you fall into your comfort zone and the consistency of all that. And I hope Red Lobster is doing okay out there with what's going on right now because no restaurants are going through it. But it doesn't change the fact that Red Lobster has the greatest biscuits on the planet. Zero, the end. I'll put those biscuits up against anybody's. And if you haven't had one, well, get on Uber Eats, find them, get it delivered, and order some. And then you tell me. You tell me how what you think, who's got a better biscuit than that, okay? <laughs> so when I was bartending there, that was my first gig. You know, but first, before I get into that, I want to talk about my short thing with the bartending school, I jumped on that because I wanted to dive into that. It was going to be the perfect job for going into college. I could work, get some tips. I was living at home, of course, still. And um, I went, I was all in, you know. And uh, coming out of a construction job, I'm going to get into that in a different episode. But, you know, as you start thinking about your life and you look around and you know, there was people I was working with on the construction, you know, wife and kids and uh, living in a little apartment. I was like, man, I just uh, <clears throat> want to try to get something better. And now's the time for me to exit, move into a new um, focus, you know. So that's what I did. I went to a community college and started to do my thing over there. Just took a, a general uh, well-rounded kind of curriculum as you do to figure out what you're going to do. And the bartending school was perfect because now I'm going to get into the bartending, work at night, go to school in the day, right? 
perfect uh, job for that. And the bartending school, it's kind of a blur right now, but the teacher was, she was awesome. Not only was she great looking, but she just did the class perfectly. And I was just so locked in memorizing all the drinks. She would test us with the poor testing, with the accuracy of the drinks. She would say, ready, set, go. And everybody would have to make, like say when she'd throw three drinks at you, like, okay, now I want you to make margarita, uh, Tom Collins, and a Cuba Libra. Go. And you'd have three drinks. You got to get them in the right glass. You had to put the right garnish in there. And you had to boom. And I'm telling you, I started to be like the first one done every time. I was determined to be great. <laughs> so, um, and I made it like a competition, man. I wanted to do well because I this is what I needed to make some money at night, get into that field while I went to school, while I was figuring things out. And that's exactly what I did. So from that, after graduation, and I don't even think I have a certificate, that a graduate certificate from that. God, I must have gotten something, but I don't know where it went. Long story short, there was job placement, believe it or not, when you got done with that. They sent me to a gig, and it was a house party, and they're like, ah, no big deal, Dean. It's going to be basic drinks, you know, the rum and Cokes, the gin and tonics, you know, whatever, whiskey sour, the basics that I learned in that little bartending class. I'm like, okay, I'm all over this. So I had to show up with my bartending gear. My shaker cup, my strainer, my mixing glass, my long spoon. Um, what else did I have to bring? That was it. And we, we learned how to free pour. And we also learned how to use the jigger to pour with the jigger. And so I felt that I was ready. All right. So I get to this house. And this was good. Back in the this was like $50 for the whole gig <laughs> because I forgot it was like 50 bucks for, I don't know, <clears throat> three hours of work or something like that. But this is how you get your feet wet. I was going to jump in. And so I get to this house party and all of the sudden there's frozen drinks I have to make and there's no garnishes cut up at all. Limes, lemons, you know, the things that you need, whatever to make the drink properly and frozen drinks were coming at me and this party was like totally slamming I was in the weeds so the owners of or the house owners of the party had to come back there and help me they had to cut up limes and lemons they had to do this and people are throwing pina coladas at me and can you make this a strawberry daiquiri and a boom and a bing I was like sweating it out I got through it, though. I got my money and got in my car, and I was out of there. And, you know, look, and nobody was mad. The party went really well. I got my uh, feet wet in the bartending industry, and I was on my way. So the first job I applied for, or one of the first ones, was the Red Lobster. And I had an interview, and everything, just the stars lined up. You know, I was feeling good. I told them I just came out of the bartending school, this and that, fresh as a daisy, boom, they hired me. And it was the perfect gig. You had 
the cool Red Lobster drinks you had to make. You had take-home glasses at Red Lobster. One was called the Lighthouse because the glass was a tall, looked like a little lighthouse. And the other one was called the Smooth Sailing, another glass that you would get to drink the drink, and but you get to take the glass home as a souvenir. And I'll never forget that. Really cool, man. Really cool, nice glasses. And uh, some people would... Probably had a whole whole collection of these, and they probably still do that to this day. Uh, and um, really fun, really fun. The waitresses were fun. It was a real small bar, easy to work. You had to do your service end, which would take care of the waitresses, and then you had your little bar right there to take care of everybody else. And that's my first gig. Um, and how to find? Must have worked there for about a year and a half. And had a great time there, you know. So while I was there, we had a cool team. We all got along great. The waitresses, the, the um, uh, you know, the waiters, the cooks in the kitchen, the, um, the what do you call it, uh, the hostesses that worked up in the front that would greet you when you come in the door and, you know, get your, if you had to wait, wait they had to, but put you on, you know, party for two, party for three as they do it. And the managers and everybody, it was just a great staff. While I was there, I got very lucky with um, the camaraderie and everything. And we used to go out as a team to this place that was called Whirly Ball. Okay, ready? Here's the Whirly Ball ding. So picture riding around in a bumper car if you know what a bumper car is. And with a little, you had a little handheld, like like a little um, stick in a basket, kind of like um, if you were playing lacrosse. All right, right or like a high-lie kind of deal, more like a lacrosse. And you would have to ride around in these bumper cars, pass it around or keep it to yourself if you had an opening and go and fling it into a net which was like a basketball net and you fling the ball and make a basket and that's how you would play the game that whirly ball it was wild it was the whole place was just designed for whirly ball and you'd go never seen anything like that anywhere else but we had a blast man we'd be smashing into each other back in the day and it would just be a great time because we all got along so well and um for the next shift to come in and we'd have a few laughs talking about remember that we had uh the night before at whirly ball and all these other things and um that's the deal with the whirly ball bumper cars handheld baskets making shots up and down this kind of um uh what do you call it bumper car kind of thing if you ever ridden the bumper cars whether it's at disney world or one of these six flag places and you know bumper cars is old school but that's what these were and you smash into each other and try to when someone was getting ready to take a shot you bump into them and throw throw their game off and they would miss it by a mile or you know some people would just wing it all the way across and make it in one shot and get lucky really because it was not easy to do but and the thing would keep score and you'd get so much time for a game and then when that buzzer went off, the next crew from whoever was there around the city, um, they would get their chance and their group or their party group would get to go on the court next. And that's how it would work. Oh, so much fun. And uh, I don't know, I just, 
that that connection with Red Lobster, the connection with the bartending school that got me into the Red Lobster, my first bartending job, that led into you know a, a little bartending career as I went 12 years in the nightclub business. But there's going to be so many stories coming out of all these clubs I worked in. So get ready. Fasten your seatbelt for some serious bartending stories from bartending competitions to uh, coast to coast, opening up new places. Yes, I've been through it all. And uh, through the time when Tom Cruise was doing his thing on the movie Cocktail, bartending competitions, I've been involved in that. Oh, man, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about that. But I just wanted to give you the ground floor where I came from that led me down that road, okay? No regrets at all. No regrets at all because it was just so much fun. It really gets you out of your shell. You got to – it helps you work on your outgoingness as you're talking to people and behind the bar. What No better gig than that to get you out of your – whatever you want to call it, out of your comfort zone because you meet all kinds of people. You got to memor- you got to remember a lot of drinks. You got to, you know, when they come in, you want to remember, oh, "Hey Bill, how you doing? Rum and Coke?" because you remember his drink from the last time. Yep. And that's how you get to develop regulars. When you remember who they are, when you remember their drink, they're coming back. You're the bartender. They want to go there whether you're their first stop before they go out to the clubs. Or whatever, that's the fun part of it and getting those regulars. And that's how you can make your tips and um, get better tips as you um, develop a clientele. And that, that was just really great. So the funny thing is um, the first gig, you know, the first gig and the whirly ball and um, uh, all of that stuff with the with the um, Red Lobster and everything else, man. What a what a time in my life um, as that kind of kicked off my bartending thing. And you know what? It really ended up being perfectly thing for school. It was a place that didn't close too late also um, at Red Lobster. So it wasn't one of these clubs yet that went to 3, 4 in the morning. You know, Red Lobster was shutting down, uh, you know, 10 o'clock, last, last meal. And those waitresses started vacuuming up. Even if there was some tables left, like I said, there was two tables left, the ones that would stay and they were just waiting for this one last table to leave so we can get done and lock up and they're hanging out. The waitresses would be vacuuming to give them a clue like, okay, time to go without trying to be rude. But the vacuum noise was kind of loud enough where while you're trying to maybe continue to be romantic with your date and finish your dessert or that last sip of wine or whatever, with the vacuum noise in the background, it's kind of like we get the hint. You're waiting for us to leave so you guys can go home or so we can go out and do our thing. So I never forget that when the waitress be vacuuming like really close to them or come around the other side and kind of hit the wall with the vacuum on the other side, it was kind of, let's just say, I think it was on purpose. You know, because who wants to hear the banging on the other side and the vacuum noise to really give them the that's the um, more experienced people that are the waitresses that have been there over 20 years. That's the technique. I'm really letting them know that it's time to leave. You've been here long enough. 
All right, this is not 24-hour Red Lobster time. Hit the road. See you next time. We got stuff to do, and we want to go out now. <laughs> All right, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, Dean Bodie Show YouTube channel, right? D-E-A-N-B-O-D-I space S-H-O-W, just like I'm saying it. Dean Bodie, one word, then show. It'll pop up. Subscribe. Hit the like. And we're going to have a lot of fun telling these stories, real stories for real people with real life, okay? And I hope you're staying safe out there. Um, You know, keep your positive mindset. We will get through this and come out bigger, better, and stronger. Dean Bodie Podcast, where you get podcasts, most common ones, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, There's other ones too, but those are the main ones. 95% of it goes on these platforms. And um, But we'll be getting on some more as we go through this and uh you know we're gonna have a great community as we go through this so subscribe to either one of those and i hope you're enjoying it um, as much as we are and you guys have a great day and so see you next time okay see you next time at dean bodie podcast and dean bodie show youtube channel and remember dan a dan dan a dan a dan Dean and Bodie show. Have a great day, everyone. Bye now.